This is Erica Atkins and Katie Rainey back with Rosé All Day Anyways, Episode 1, Part 2. I hope you have your glass of rosé ready. Let's go. So here's a really juicy question that yeah. I have for you. And yeah. I am willing to go first in this if you okay. want to think about it. Okay. But what are the bad free female friendships you've had? And we don't have to say names. And what oh made God. them bad? Ooh. Do you want me to go to first? I, I have someone who's coming to the top of my mind. Actually, I just told someone this story the other day. So I think I'm, I'm good to go. Okay. I had a friend when I was in high school who knew I had a crush on a boy. A lot of people knew I had a crush on this boy. And I want to say I also wasn't totally innocent in this situation because I liked this boy. And then later, I hooked him up with a friend of mine knowing that I liked him. How old are you in this? 16, 17. Okay. Been at a course of a year. We all went to a dance. She called me the day after the dance. She's like, oh, guess what happened? And again, everybody knows I like this boy. And then I I just knew, I just knew. And I was like, you hooked up with so-and-so. And she's like, oh, oh, my God, how do you know? You know. You just know, right? And I feel like I had seen, like, enough the night before. But, like, he was dancing with me, too. Do you know what I mean? And it wasn't even, like, when they broke up and when he did my other friend that he actually wasn't still kind of interested in me. And that's a whole other thing that we can get into that Wraith may have played a dynamic in. But the fact that, like, you would go after a guy you knew I liked and then the next day, like, call me in the morning to tell me what happened. And then we still remain friends. You're still friends now? We're not, not, we never, like, fell out. But we're not friends with that. But she, like, she also would just do, like, stupid stuff. Like, one time she, um... Because I was wearing a shirt that cut around my shoulders. She was, like, messing with me. And she grabbed the middle of the shirt to, like, I guess it both moved my shoulder. But she accidentally grabbed off of the hook of my bra and pulled down everything. And she's like, oh, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, that's the kind of stuff she would, um, she would do. And, I mean, there are many reasons why you could say maybe that happened. Like... There's so many. There's so many reasons why. And how long were you friends at this point when that happened? W- with the guy, with or, with her, or with the bra thing? Just yeah. in general. I mean, we met. She was in the ninth grade, and I was in the tenth grade. Okay. The thing really like blew up with the guy. So he went for the younger lady. He did. He was in my grade. Yeah. Wow. The thing really blew up typical. with the guy in like the late eleventh grade. Okay. Yeah. 
But like chocolate, he would also like dating someone else and like whatever. But she would, it was an interesting. But like that, like definitely was one toxic female friendship that I had. And I, th- I mean, I never like pushed her away. I never n- was not friends with her. Mm-hmm. And part of me kept trying to like help her with different things. Wow, that's uh, that's interesting. So I have a I have a toxic female friendship. I have rarely had very many. I've only really had two ever. And we'll talk about the first, but the second was someone I met uh, through friends at school, and we became very close. And it like I'm five years older than her. Okay. Um. So I kind of feel like that had something to do with it at some point. But also like age is just a a thing I think sometimes it has to do with lived experience and of course like when I tell this whole story it's my bias side of it right like there's you know, there's another side of it so um, I'm totally mindful of that but in my experience I lived with this person and um, became very close with them and it was the two of us in the apartment and I you know I fall very deeply into any relationships that I'm a part of. I can relate to that. Yeah, Yeah, like anyone, even romantic relationships or friendships, Mm -hmm. I treat them kind of all the same where I'm just like, I'm with you and I'm here Mm -hmm. and I care very deeply about you. And like, I've had to learn to like put a barrier up, not a barrier, but just to let things go, I guess, as I've gotten older. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I've gotten better at that. But I think I just didn't know how to do that at this time. So basically, we were living together and after school. And I had a car. And I let her use my car every day to drive to her job because I didn't need it because I was taking the train. Things like that. Like, I often made more money. And so I was buying things for the apartment. And also, I have this abused dog in my house, right? Like, you know how hard Rosetta is to deal with with the new people whenever my dog meets a new person Mm -hmm. she's very nervous which is understandable she's you know a a survivor (laughs) Um, yeah yeah and so everyone I've ever lived with has been very conscious of that and like so when they brought new people over you know and I've made it explicit when we moved in like hey this is my dog's a little bit more difficult than other dogs but I care very deeply about her I've had her for 12 years she's the love of my life And this person wasn't conscious of that at all, brought strange men from Tinder over all the time, which is fine. Like, I'm totally sex positive. want you to date and see whoever you want, go on any apps to pro that. But it was more about our living situation and having these people in the house that really made my dog anxious and... She got a lot of tickets on my car, like red light tickets and stuff, and then wrecked my car, and I went through my insurance to pay for it. So there were a myriad of factors, but then, like, when the relationship started to... Like, I swallowed all that, and when the relationship really started to sour, I was the one apologizing to her Mm. for things. And granted, like, like, there are things that I've totally recognized by myself. Like, I'm a really type A person. I like to do everything now, right? I'm like... Go, go, go. And I have recognized that I've pushed that in relationships. And so I know that's a factor that probably came into that relationship, into that friendship. But ultimately, it ended very, like, not great. Yeah. And we haven't really spoken since. Mm. And I have heard through the grapevine, through other people, that 
you know, angry things she said about me and things like that. And I try to hold it because, you know, at this point, I think it's just, I think she's probably suffering in her own way. But, like, that was my really toxic. And I think there are things on both parts, right, that, like, she was still pretty young and maybe hadn't been in a female friendship where she really, really cared deeply about someone. And I do, and that's how I enter all those those female friendships and I actually know that she hadn't like I know that a lot of her female friendships had ended pretty badly I wasn't the only one but I I just I don't know I guess like I I keep thinking of ways that it could have gone right and things that I could have done I don't know I mean like what can you do though especially if like considering whatever your current maturity level is when you're dealing with the situation especially like I don't know, like, what can you do? I mean, it's interesting that you say that because I also invest really hard in, like, relationships, both either, like, plutonic or romantic. And sometimes they're romantic, but I won't admit them. Admit that it is. But that's also an issue that I've dealt with before. But, like, I think I started to figure some of that out and started to put by college, I had started putting a little bit of a barrier around myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm also kind of like musing on relationship that could have gone that way. Like I'm thinking of one particular friend. I'm, I'm not going to delve too deep into it, but multiple people were friends with her. And I was one of the first female friends to tap out to mm. be like, I see where this is going and I just don't have time for it. Interesting. What made you see that? very like aggressively needy very um quick to get angry at people like after college it just wasn't cute anymore and also like would clearly like was showing signs of valuing her romantic relationship above her plutonic especially her plutonic female relationship Hmm. I could see that, and I just didn't want to deal with it, and I tapped out a little bit earlier, and then I moved, which helped, but, like, I have a couple friends who got quite a, definitely, like, two or three. One person who, like, ended up also in a serious relationship around the time, so it didn't affect her the same way, the way the other friends who were also single, who they ended up becoming best friends, and now the three of us are really good friends, and and this friend I had met in college and I had also met another. I met them all in college, but one I had met first, the one who, like, this was the case. And I, I don't know. I just saw it. I just, like, and I was like, no, no. And then I moved. I've, I've seen that in, since, actually, since that really bad friendship. I've seen in other people who I've started to get close to, and I've seen, like, some toxic similarities between that. And I've been like, oh, okay. Maybe this is the point, this is this is the stretch of that friendship. You know, to use you and I as an example, not of a toxic friendship. I like you a lot. Thank you. But, like, I have not seen any of those barriers. And right. I've just been like, okay, like, at some point we'll probably have a fight. Have we had a fight? I don't know. I don't know if we've had a fight. I think the closest, <laughs> I honestly think the closest we've had to a fight is sometimes when I'm like, no, but I don't have to do with black people stuff. Like, I feel like that's the closest we've ever had to a fight. Wait, what do you mean? Like, like everybody jokes that I'm like the whitest black girl. 
you know, and I have been. You joke that you're the one. I do. I do sometimes joke it. But like in the past like year or two, I've made a more conscious choice to also point out that like, oh yeah, I know I joke about that sometimes, but like, you know, like for real guys, like I have to deal with it. I am black and I I am black and I have to deal with it. And my friends are always like, no one really like push it back. Everyone's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if I point out a specific example, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that's the closest, and it's not even a fight that you and I have ever come to a fight, but that's like the closest. Mm. And it wasn't even a fight. Other than that, you and I have never had a fight. Wait, was there a specific example you're thinking of? Uh, I think there was one time where we both had had like a lot to drink, and you were like, nah, 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 but you're like a white girl. And I was like, I'm not, Katie. I know I sound like it, but I'm not. And like, and then, and then, like, it was literally, like, 30 seconds of that. And you're like, no, 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 you're right. <laughs> we were, like, in line at, like, a bodega or something. Oh, okay. And you were like, yeah, 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 you're right. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, that was it. Like, that was Fair it. enough. Well, that was it. That's a fair enough reason for you. Like, to bodega? To feel annoyed. Been drinking. Yeah. And I was like, no. And, like, <laughs> they, like, they closed it. But, like, fair no. Enough. And I honestly don't think that I've had a real fight with a female friend in a long time. Which maybe says a lot about, like, the people who I've chosen to be in my circle. Same. I don't think I've had... I've had... I've gotten annoyed with female friends. I got annoyed with a female friend recently who I didn't think was, like, happy that I was having any kind of, like, positive gains in, like, the relationship realm because I'm always the person who has nothing going on. And I didn't feel like they were... Not always. You know what's happening. <laughs> Hashtag inside joke. Um, I felt like they weren't. But I knew that, like, there were a few friends who had, like, been through, like, some relationship stuff, which didn't, like, mentally put them in a place to be, like, really, like, positive and supportive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that was, like, a little frustrating. And then, I don't know, maybe it's also, like, because, like, I don't do dating apps and I don't do, like, any of that stuff and I could understand if you're like and a lot of my friends have been like hardcore like looking for somebody and I'm like I'm not I'm not doing anything and I don't care and I don't want to find anyone and then like I get introduced to someone and I'm like meh, meh, maybe this and then like I can understand how that would like be annoying for some of my friends to be like what the fuck I've been looking for someone and she's just like stumbled into like Seeing someone, I'm like, look, guys, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's really interesting. Well, that's an interesting thing because you are in this world of, like, dating people right now. And I have been in a long-term partnership for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like because of that, we've been on a, a similar level as well. Like, I feel like where right. someone, like... Those those levels actually like go well together because we're right. just at this point. I'm just like, ah, whatever. Like Brian will come along for anything. Like, yeah, you want to you want to go on a double date? You want to hang out at this bar? You want to like see if someone will show up? Sure, well, I'll go with you. Like, right. My partner is also my best friend, who is a male, which is weird, but <laughs> <laughs> one of my best friends. But so I think that's like that's probably why our relationship works so well, too. Like we right. live close together. We're interested in a lot of same things. Uh, like I'm at a level in my relationship where we're just like my partner is also a really close friend of yours. And so we're just like, what can we do to support you at this point? Right. 
and you're in this like really fun world that we both like love, but also are kind of glad to not be in because like, like our relationship. Like, <laughs> like I think dating is really like I think dating is really. Oh, fun. I don't think dating is fun, but I do think if you date the right person, it can be really fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I yes. I will. I agree. generally don't enjoy dating, but I no, think if you're you can, right about like, that, yeah, stumble across the right person, then it's really fun. Yeah. Well, it was fun for me when, I mean, like we, now we like schedule dates and stuff like that, which is kind of lame, but whatever. Um, I feel like even when you're dating, you schedule dates, right? Like, I feel like. Well, yes, but I know, but this is a person that I live with, like (laughs) share a bed with me. (laughs) And so scheduling dates, even though we see each other at night, every night, but like, it's important to us to like spend a night just together on the two of us and not talking about, because we are now business partners together. And that's hard. Yeah. But we're not on dating. This is not a dating conversation. This is a female friendship conversation. It is a female friendship, but dating can That's influence true. female friendship. Definitely. And I think it's very important. I've actually had female friendship with people who were lesbian or bisexual, and I actually feel more comfortable criticizing your boyfriend than I do your girlfriend. Why is that? Because then it, the whole female dynamic comes back into play. And it feels like I'm just talking crap about another girl again. Mm. And as opposed to being like, you're brave and sexy. I'm going to tell you all the reasons why. Like, it does like get certain cattiness. Like, I had a friend who was dating uh, another female. And I was like, I do not like her. And she's dragging you down. And I know exactly why I feel that but way. But you can't say that because you also feel some kind of like, I don't want to not empower another female and yep. like, like As, trash yep. them or whatever. Yeah. Yep. So that totally comes into but play. So I think that's a, that's a really interesting thing, right? Because um, patriarchy is real. Patriarchy is real, y'all. Just as white supremacy is, right? White supremacy is real. So that's a really interesting level to all this. We're very hard on each other, and uh, we've seen in The Bachelor, our first example, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. intense the female relationships are. And obviously, I, I would be curious to know what the stats are on The Bachelorette versus The Bachelor. I'm sure they're way higher for The Bachelor, right? A friendship? Of just like viewers in general, they're way higher for The Bachelor because there's all female contestants, right? Right. Yeah, that would be interesting. I I I don't know what the stats are, and I be I mean I watch both. I kind of enjoy The Bachelorette a little bit more just because guys are like we do. But I'm saying in general, yeah, I bet America, yeah, like, watches I bet more The said, Bachelor because yeah. because like females are just like those relationships. I mean, the majority of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette are about the contestants, right? Mm-hmm. And so those relationships are just far more intense in The mm-hmm. Bachelor. Yeah. I guess that's like, that's what I'm curious. We're not talking about friendships in general, right? We're talking about female friendships and that really like super intense bonding you do. And that's why it can end. It can end almost like a romantic relationship where it's just like super hurtful. I mean, that toxic friendship I was talking about, I spent months in therapy and my therapist was like, are you sure you're not dating? I was like, we're definitely not dating. This is a person I just loved very much. And right. Broke, broke my and heart. I've had that with, like, female friends before where you're like, are we going to, like, a breakup? Or, like, I've watched other women deal with things with female friends where they are struggling through, like, really, like, intense difficulties. And it feels like a relationship. Hmm. Or romantically. It is a relationship. So why is that? We're not speaking for men. 
But I think in general, and like my partner would agree, and I think a lot of people would agree that there are very, very real differences between men and women. Some people like to say that there's not, but I think there are very are are real differences in mm-hmm. that capacity. And I think that emotionally we get really invested in one another and one another in our romantic partnerships. And like we can talk about like how that relates to men and women and sex and everything. But I think in terms of relationships, mm-hmm. um, and I, I do believe that male and female relationships, friendships can like work and can happen. People, yeah, for sure. people are all very different, but I think in general, female relationships are just like far more intense with one another. I mean, like, Oh my God. I'm just like having flashbacks of my, two best friends and I and like all the shit we did I mean I'll pull out one of my high school journals that's sitting over right here and like uh I'm just wondering why that is I think it kind of goes back to what you're saying you know the patriarchy is real and groups that are uh and white supremacy is real and groups that are oppressed against or like you know pushed against you you end up forming really intense bonds to survive it Hmm. and I think female relationships are definitely a part of that. You just end up filming really, forming really intense bonds with people to survive. Like, what that... But So I don't think that creates a barrier between male and female friendships. No, but I do think it creates an intensity in female relationships because you're both trying to, like, get through whatever the crap this is. And it's kind of like if you go way, way back to the Stone Age, we would, you know, there were hunters and gatherers, and the gatherers would talk to each other all day while they're, like, you know, picking berries, where the hunters have to stay really quiet so that they don't scare the animals away. Hmm. Um, and, you know, gatherers were predominantly female. And so from the beginning of time, our relationships have been predominantly built upon talking to each other. And we all know from any relationship, including when guys are like, I feel really close to you like I never had before. Because you talk to me and you don't talk to your friends or you talk to your friends about, your male friends about superficial stuff. Or like I've had male friends who feel closer to me than they have to their other male friend, but they feel really close to me because I'm a woman. They talk to me in a way that they don't talk to their male friend. So there is, I think, one something about the female gender that just makes us feel more open for like those who identify as female. It just makes us seem more open to like recepting your emotion. And then you have two women doing that. And then I think just in general, there's a certain bond that's formed. It's kind of like the look that, like, black people give each other when they see each other in a room and there's, like, not a lot of other black people. And you're like, hey, I saw a woman a couple months ago at an event. I was um, upstate for what is essentially the um, the Kentucky Derby of, like, upstate New York for a horse race. And I was at an event after the horse race. And I was going into the bathroom and there was a woman coming out of the bathroom and she was a black woman. And we both stopped and then we slowed down, and then we looked at each other, and we were like, oh, my God, both of us at the same time. And it was toward the end of the night, and we were both like, you're the other black woman here. And neither one of us had seen a single black woman. And that same night, I also met a woman in the bathroom line who, like, helped me cut everybody. What? We pretended like we were looking for another friend, and we made our way pretty far up in the line. Oh, okay. That's not the way that I heard that. You said, what did you cut, think? You said cut everybody. I was like, what? Oh, no, not like, you know. Cut the line. Murder. Yes. We cut the line. <laughs> yeah. um, but we liked it that. And so I think just like the 
general perception of femaleness, you're open and you're safe. And we, so we open up to each other very quickly. And also, I think we need to, like, instinctively, we've needed to, to survive. Hmm. Well, so we're coming at the last, like, 12-ish or so minutes of our podcast. Mm-hmm. So here's the really big question. Mm-hmm. Best mm-hmm. female friendships? I don't know. I, I, thinking about it, I actually, one that I think about is a relatively young female friendship. But I feel like has such an interesting backstory. I think of like Selena Gomez and Damon Lovato. Okay, so I don't know much about this female friendship. Okay, so they are both two young pop singers mm-hmm. who have been very successful. Um, they met when they were really young, and they were both on Barney together in the late '90s. They were like one of the last few Barney cast. Mm-hmm. And one of them moved to L.A. first. I can't remember who. The other one ended up moving in with the other and their family. And then they both became Disney pop stars. But they had already been friends for years. And then Demi fell more into, like, a shady crowd. And, like, she, like, had anorexia and, like, all this other stuff. Selena started dating Justin Bieber. (laughs) And boo. Don't get me started, Justin Bieber. It's a whole thing. And it's not actually all negative. I have really complex mixed emotions about Justin Bieber. Uh, but they have drifted in and out. And Demi um, had an overdose this summer and had to, like, go to the hospital for several, like for a couple weeks and then go to rehab. And there are like pictures and stuff of like Selena being like visibly distraught like within the days after, even though they weren't as close as they used to be. And I think that's just like really interesting like to even think about. Even when like if someone was your best friend, even if you're not that close, even the friend that you just mentioned, if something happened to them, oh yeah. You would be distraught for days. Yeah. And like so I, I just thought that whole that whole thing was like a really real example of like what that looks like. Um, just like in like in the celebrity gossipy way that's like, yeah, I know. Like if someone was your best friend in some way they're your best friend for life. That's really interesting. What about you? You have any that come to mind? Well, I know I was supposed to come up with like literary female best friends, but like honestly I was blanking so much when you asked me and the only book I can really think of is this book called Violet and Claire which is what one of my best friends gave me and um, it's basically about two high school girls and one's like a nerdy film girl like kind of emo and everything and the Mm -hmm. other one is like a super pixie dusk wears fairy wings to school kind of weirdo and they bond over that and my best friend gave it to me because we were those girls in in various iterations, but that's how we bonded is because I was like, you know, we both just want to wear fairy wings to school and feel magic. Mm-hmm. And like I couldn't because I had to wear a uniform. And um, but that's like that's a super high school book. And so I can't really think of anything that's. I don't know. First, I know there are like famous literary female characters that I'm just not thinking of right now. I'm totally blinking, and that's probably the Rosé. <laughs> Which, by <laughs> the way, we should, we should crack another one in our last oh, yeah? few minutes. Okay. I mean, like, okay. let's do it. Where are you right now? You got... 
I still have some left in here. I'm going to pop it open. I also had rosé at the bar earlier. With a man? The man with the bartender. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Yada, yada, yada. A lot more looting. (laughs) Talk about that later, people. On a different on a different podcast. On a different podcast. Eventually, Katie will get me to talk about it in a podcast. Um, well, I want to say, I want to talk about the ultimate fr- female friendship, which I said was Brittany and Madonna, and you said that was a No, men- that's a, a mentorship. Mentor. Yeah, yeah okay, more okay, than okay. a friendship. So a mentorship a- can be a form of a friendship, though. I definitely consider it to mind. I'm like best friends with my thesis advisor. I love him. I'm publishing his book. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I wa- my thesis advisor from college it was my age, and I yeah, she ro- lives here, and she lives here, and I rooted her on in the marathon today. So yeah, but I I, I don't know. I I feel like I I feel like they had a very like teacher pupil relationship. So I don't I don't know. When she taught her how to make out on stage. But Christina was there too. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the more interesting. But there was story. a cutaway to Justin Timberlake. No one cares. <laughs> I feel like Brittany and Christina are, are a more interesting study of like, I mean, frenemies, frenemies. Like they're an interesting study of that. See, is- I'm just really excited right now because generally in all this pop culture bullshit, you can like out talk me in any moment. But when it comes to Brittany, I'm like, mm, I got it. I feel like we're equal levels in Brittany. Well, with Britney and Backstreet Boys, you can talk about Backstreet Boys for days. Sure, I can, I can talk, talk about, about Backstreet Boys more than Britney, but I can talk a lot about Britney. I can talk about the princess of pop for days. I I don't know. I just don't. I didn't consider that a friendship. Or are we talking about Britney and Christina? Britney Madonna. Okay, well, let's talk about Britney and Christina. Okay, I mean, they were in Mickey Mouse Club together. Okay, fair enough. They were in Mickey Mouse Club together. They'd known each other for a really long time. Okay, Erica knows this dish, so what broke them up? Them, I think their rise to fame. I mean, I think that once the show ended, they their connection wasn't really close anymore anyway. And then I think they both came up at the same time and they were pitted in a way that they were against each other. Well, you were just telling me the other day that there was a boy involved. That what? There was a boy involved. With Brittany and, J- and Christina? You literally said this the other day. Tell me what I said. You were talking about JT. Oh. On the Mickey Mouse Club. Well, yeah. Well, what did I say? I don't remember. You were saying that Christina liked Justin on the Mickey Mouse Club. Maybe. And then Brittany and him ended up getting together. That sounds right. That sounds like something I would say. The patriarchy is real. Hashtag the patriarchy. So I think there were a lot of factors that came into play why the two of them ultimately ended up like kind of being like pit against each other even though they came up in this world together like they came they were they would have been recognized or elevated for the same reason but they didn't end up forming a bond because of that reason i mean i think the pressure of the record industry are real well and coming full circle there were probably a slew of producers that were like you gotta make it to number one you gotta make it to number one you gotta beat her you gotta like Mm -hmm. out dance her Mm mm-hmm yeah, for sure, which is crazy. So crazy. So there are a big level of like society factors that pit these women against each other, but had they been just met on the street, maybe there would have been some internalized sexism that they had swallowed that like like you were talking about earlier about how like 
you and your friend Jean. Is that the one where you were saying, oh, she's really cute. Oh, that's Jen. Jen. They're the Jen and a Jean. Yeah, my baby cousins get them confused all the time because they're both tall and brunette, but yeah. So you were saying how one's cute and you internally just said, like, I don't like her because she's yeah. cute. Yeah, right? for sure. So that's a thing that we have internalized. Yeah. You talk about internalized racism for people of color. There's internalized sexism for women. Mm-hmm. So how do we combat that? I think, like, growing beyond, like, I think... Like supporting each other in general, like, um, like instead of like in that particular example, instead of being like, she's really cute too. I don't like her. I'm the cute one. Being like, I really like, I like your shoes. I like what you want. You like look really great. Like doing stuff like that instead of we have this either or mentality in this country and in the world. I think as humans, that only one thing can exist, or like. If there are these two things, right, um, mm. only one can be right, but that's not true. She can still be cute and you can still be valuable at the same time, right? right. So, you know, it's a thing that I just noticed we're both doing as we're drinking more rosé. Yeah. We say like a whole lot and that is a, a dated thing about where the period we were raised from. Oh, totally. Like, I totally like hearing you on that one. <laughs> Actually, I have a very clear memory of my ninth grade teacher getting mad at us because she was like every time you guys bring up a point you guys say like 50 times in a sentence yeah and it's not necessary and yeah. we're all like like what are you like talking about i think that's also a very suburban thing too like kids who grew up in like predominantly white suburbs <laughs> they like about 50 times more than they need to maybe yeah yeah it sounds like a very Californian thing but maybe i'm just but no but we all did it my mom also pointed out my mom feels like accents regional accents have eradicated the they're not what they used to be and part of that is television and if you think about the television we were all watching during the time true yeah well i apologize if anyone's annoyed by our drunken liking but like whatever (laughs) (laughs) okay so what are the differences between male and female friendships and we've sort of brushed on that I mean, you and I were just having a conversation the other day where I was saying I felt like men didn't talk as much about their feelings, which I think is generally true of a lot of male friendships. But you brought up the male friendship that you knew of where, like, men have gotten, like, in them really, Oh, yeah. And I think I've heard some of those, too, where you, like, you're, like, not... Great. But I still feel like they don't have the conversation when you're around. You're just out of the room when you're I'm like, and I just feel like, yeah, bro, I hear you. Uh, uh, and you're like, what are they talking about? You know, I'm not even going to go in there because testosterone emotion feels so much more like five times more. Than like- but why is that? I would say that a lot of that is the same that we're dealing with. Um, with, I think because it's normalized for us, yeah, and like, and for them, it's not. And and I think, in addition to the fact that it's not, I I do feel like sometimes like that, like testosterone male energy. It's like when a guy is sick versus when a woman is sick. Mm-hmm. When a woman is sick, she's like, "Great, I still have to do everything I need to do, so let's go." And a guy is like, "The world is over." <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> So I think those are things that are normalized for all of us, Mm -hmm. right? These female friendships, we've been talking about how they get toxic. I mean, we've talked so much about how 
in these friendships that were toxic, a man came involved, right? Or we pitted one another against a patriarchy, basically, Mm -hmm. the standards of patriarchy Mm -hmm. out there. So how do we combat that? How do we... I mean, because we know men and women can both be outside of these categories, right? We know men can be Mm -hmm. super emotional, Mm -hmm. and we know that females can fuck each other over just as much as men. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do we start getting out of these categories where we stop holding one another to these standards in which, like, we're, okay, we're friends, right, Erica? Mm -hmm. So you have to do this for me, and we have to be like this. So how do we start getting out of those standards that really beholden us to that? I think... Part of it is individual, just choosing to treat, like, regardless of whether your friends are male or female, just holding them all to the same standard, period, like we all do. Because certainly I can think a lot of women, one, encouraging people to have friendship with people of the opposite sex, right? Um, it doesn't necessarily have to result, especially if you're heterosexual. Like, the, like the whole stigma about, like, men and women can't be friends. Like, especially when you're heterosexual, you can't be friends. I'm like, well, you can be. But I think you can, uh, you also hold your male friend to the same standard that you hold your female friend and mm-hmm. vice versa. So I think part of it starts on, like, an individual basis. Because, um, like, what, I mean, what can you do beyond that? I think otherwise, just, like, speaking out against some of the crap that you see some of the ways that you notice that women treat each other, if you speak out against it, not only are you doing it individually in your own world, but you're, by raising the point, especially if there's, like, people around, you're helping people realize, oh, wait, what did I do? What did I say? But so how do you do that? Um, That's a lot harder than it it sounds, right? Sure, for sure, yeah. So how, how do you do that in a way that, is helping your relationship like how would we do that in our relationship if that should ever come up i mean i think our relationship is already in a point where we could do that because it's just very transparent we can say like what like we can pretty much say whatever we want in front of each other like in front of other people neither one of us would necessarily feel except maybe in a professional context sometimes depending on where we are like neither one of us would ever necessarily feel really uncomfortable doing that with each other but I think that's the thing right like building those relationships where you don't necessarily feel that way with each other I mean I think most meaningful change in general point blank happens on an individual basis Mm -hmm. and then you build upon it to like build a groundswell Mm -hmm. it's really the only way like you build upon it on an individual basis and then the way that it really takes hold is that you get other people on board with it you get men and women and like um transgendered individuals and like whatever whatever it is that you identify you get everyone on board with this is how we treat each other period Point blank. And that's a really important point you just brought up is that we haven't even begun to talk about like trans folks or non-binary people. And obviously we have a lot of friendships with a lot of those people dealing the world if we're in, but we've been very binary tonight and just talking about female relationships. Especially Um, if you think about our age and like when we came up, like there is something very specific. I feel like both you and I with our age, we've only actually really started to delve into how we deal, how we, not deal, deal is not a great word, but how we relate to people who are, like, 
and transgender versus like heterosexual cisgender like we started to think more versus like lesbian versus gay we started to think more about that in the past 10 years than we did but we definitely grew up in a time period where it was like golden boys like that's what we you know what i mean if you grew up oh yeah we were watching friends when they still said the word tranny and things like that yeah i mean like the yeah no it's a fucked time and so so there's a definitely like a huge learning and level of conversation that's happening. I'm just saying in general, like we haven't even in this oh, yeah, friendship, sure. but I think that's, it's, it's the first podcast and we're just talking. About I think the first podcast. And I think there is something specific to those who have, to those who have identified as female their entire lives, the messages that you have internalized and how those have affected your friendship that's like a real thing and what you were taught subconsciously and outright how you deal with friendship especially like I had a conversation with someone the other day about one of the reasons why me and one of my friends were so close is because both of us were single most of our adult lives as of so far Mm -hmm. and then when she met her partner I had to make a choice it was my choice to be supportive of that like that it wasn't because I was no longer going to be her first choice to do this with or do that with and I knew for so long I had been like she wanted to go to Europe with me she wanted to do this with me now she had a partner and if I was truly going to be supportive of her I shouldn't be her first choice anymore mm-hmm. like if she told me she wanted to do those things with me first I'd be like what's going on with your relationship but we had both just been single for so long that we had built a certain kind of relationship. Both of my friends who have mostly had boyfriends all along. And part of that had to also deal with, like, the way the society had taught us that, like, you know, you like, there's a whole, my, my partner is my best friend. <laughs> what I said, I said to my best friend the other day. I literally said that on the I know you did. I know you did. And I said that to, I, I actually genuinely believe you, though, but I think a lot of people say that, and you're like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, but you've met us. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, my best friend, like, my best friend I was talking the other day, and I was like, I don't care who I end up with. You're my best friend, and I've got, like, three or four other people behind oh, you. Oh, fair. I have my two best friends ever, but I'm like, you're my two best friends love you and my grandmother and my dog who I'm just like you're all my yeah, best friends you're like number six or seven on the list you're definitely one of my best friends but you're not the number one but you've met him and we were started out best friends like you know like, that's what I'm saying that's why I genuinely believe you because you guys started out as friends and it de- then you became best friend and then that developed into a relationship but like I sometimes I hear people say that and I'm like just to be clear I already have a best friend in case anybody's wondering, I'm good. And I think, again, it's part of, like, how we were conditioned to be like, oh, your spouse is now your best friend. You know what I mean? I think that comes into play with, again, people who, like, there's just a way that society has trained you from day one, mm-hmm. subconsciously, or just straight in your faith, if you have been identified as female from the first day of your life. And not to mention all the things that your body can or can't, will or won't do just based off of that, too. I think that's a thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how many females bond over their period? Like, you know what I mean? Like, these are, like, real things that happen to us. So I I definitely think this is just podcast number one. 
so many things we can delve into. But I think we both have come from a very specific experience of that being the case. So it's a really interesting topic to talk about because we're not often given the space to talk about that. No. And I think, like, female friendships are so visceral and complicated and loving and spiteful sometimes and so I think it's a really interesting conversation just to sit here and talk about you with like yeah I would love to hear at some point from men and some non-gender conforming folks about how they relate to other people in their identity group and Mm -hmm. not outside of because I think that's just really interesting like how do we create friendships and my friend Jared um said really best when and I can't remember who he's quoting for the life of me right now um I've had too much rosé to try and google it but he said uh friendships are God's apology for our parents which I know everybody gets really bummed out about but you are very close to your parents I am and I have always been very close to my friends and so I think I that really resonated with me it's like how do you how do you choose your family versus how do you live with the family you're born with? And One of my really good friends, Nicole, there's a picture that I know is currently sitting in a frame in her bedroom. And it's something that I gave her like 10 years ago. And it's a, like a double-sided photo of the two of us. And those pictures, again, are like, like 10 years old now. I don't even know if she had met her husband yet. I think she met her husband now the following year. And they've now been together for like 12 years at like as a couple in general, but um, 12 or 13 years. But I like painted around the edge friend of your family that you get to choose. Mm-hmm. And I, as someone who's really close to my family, like, the, yeah, like they're the people who you get to like handpick and choose to be a part of your family. And that makes it almost even more intense in a way because yeah, it's like, true. it's not the people who you're like, well, well I guess this is what we're given. This is what yeah, we're going to work with. We're but tied like, together for life. Yeah, but, but it's like the people who you chose to tie yourself to for life. And even people who at a certain point you're like, I might hate you right now. I hate you. Or we're not as close as we used to be, but you're still tied together for life yeah. forever. And you'll drift in and out of that and all of that. And that. That's something really special and beautiful and complicated and, like it you said, really biteful is. and heavy and, like, but, like, just something that's really incredible if you can find it. It really, really is. Like, yeah. I'm just, like, now I'm getting kind of weepy. I just think about it. I know. I am, too. I'm, like, just thinking. <laughs> I, I think about it all the time. I feel incredibly grateful to have the friendship that I have and to have so many people who have been my friends for so long. I'm pretty lucky that I have, like, at least like 10 or 15 people who have been my friends for like 15, 10, 15, 20 years. And I'm like pretty, that's pretty special. Damn. No, I have feelings. I'm going to drink some more of that. <laughs> well, we're probably supposed to end like 11 minutes ago, but we didn't because we didn't. we're drinking rosé. It's okay. We can edit. <laughs> eh, probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there any last minute thoughts on female friendships while we're on the topic? I feel like we could go on for days talking we about We could. Those. You know, Seriously. I would say, like, just, like, hold on. Hold on to your girl because they're going to get you through so much. Like, yeah, and I think it's never too late to, like, have new female friendships and new, like, female bonds. I mean, we've only known each other for a couple of years, but we're pretty close. Yeah. 
And I think just hold on to those people because they're gonna they're gonna get you through a lot, especially in a day and age. Where I don't even know why we're still fighting for female rights, but that's a different story. Oh my god! Like, the whole Kavanaugh thing, I had to cry all of my. I had to cry. I had to call all of my female friends and just be like, I love you. Like, we're here. Yeah, no, I remember texting you, and I was just kind of like, I thought this was going to happen. Like, that was, that's like my way of I mean, we all up. knew it was going to happen, but it still doesn't, like, make it not a gut punch. No. You know what I mean? With my uh, interesting for me, it would do what some of my guy friends be like, wait, what's happening? And I'm like, yeah, y'all, I told you about this. God damn it. Between, like, guys and white people, I'm like, I told you. I told you guys about this. Damn it. Fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, but like, yeah, I just, like, hold on, hold on to those people because they're, they're just going to get you through so much. And, like, even if you feel like you're really far apart right now, you're going you're gonna to come back together again. You're alive just, like, weaving and out. Or it's like, That's true. Even though there's that friend that you feel far from right now. You're really not. Yeah. Maybe you got married and had babies, but like our careers are actually going to sync up together. One Facebook all message is all it takes. Fuck Facebook. But literally all it takes is one text to say hi. You can just text. Yeah. Hi and it's fine. Or even like a conversation I was having the other day with someone who I haven't hung out with since like around college. And she, like, I was like, we, I was like saying something about how like how organized she was when we were in high school. She's like, ah, like I'm a mess now. I'm a mom, and I was like, it like became a conversation. We were like, hey, I'm gonna be home for Thanksgiving, and let's, you, let's go have rosé. Yeah, well, obviously that's my answer. I'm like, you have kids, you need it more than I do. I can drink this whenever I want. But again, like just like it just takes one text, one message, and then you're like, hey, let's go hang out. Like let's. Because we can still support each I may not be a mother now, but, like, I understand what it's like to take care of people and mm-hmm. have, like, a certain position put upon you in society. And, like, and I care about you and I care about your children, even though I don't, like, have my own. But, like, I get it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that we can always support each other because it's just a really unique experience to being who we are. And, I like, we need each other. We can't turn on each other, and especially not now. 100% agree. I feel like that's the Bill Pullman speech at Independence Day right now that you just gave. Aww. About female friendships. Aww. And hopefully some, like, alien band about to, like, come down on Earth and almost kill us all. Where's Will Smith? <laughs> yeah, we need Will Smith. Well, or need- Willow Smith. Will. Wait, was it Willow Smith in the last one? No, she wasn't born yet. But uh, let's just say. No, 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 no. But there's a new one. What? Okay, you don't know there's an independent Okay, too? this is the whole topic that okay, we're about to view off. This is a new <laughs> podcast coming up where I introduce Erica to Independence Day 2. There what? has been a 2. And Bill Pullman is in it. How? Yeah, don't worry about it. Oh my I will, God. We will watch it. <laughs> and we will update you on the next podcast. Great. So this has been Rosé All Day Anyways. Anyways. With Erica Atkins. And Katie Rainey. Yay. We love y'all. Thank you. Be friends. Be friends. See you soon. Bye.